0: Shout out to your foundation, but more importantly, your mom. Because it seemed like your mom had a great influence on you. School wise. You had to walk in outside, pay lotion. My mom did the same thing too. I remember going outside of pay loafers to go play, my nigga. Like, not no sneakers. My mom said, nah. With that all, not sweater. <laughs> <laughs> she wear, you know, oh, I had all of them sweat cardigans? <laughs> my mom did not want my feet to spread. So she kept me in a pair of shoes. Every Thursday and Friday,
1: though. So, Dog, no, I want your Coca Cola sweater so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, if anybody out there sees this and you really want to feel like you you understand me, buy me a Coca Cola sweater, yo. Twelve, yo. going to really rock with you, yo. You, I ain't you, never you, need that sweater.
2: Yo, everything, every everything you you, you saying right now, I 100 I agree with. I think that like just the. Um, There's a lot of seeking external validation from people. And I think that seeking that external validation leads to people never really experiencing true happiness. Like if people think that happiness is somewhere out there, you are, you're always gonna be chasing what you perceive to be happy. Happy Happiness to me is an internal concept. Like you could have a million things in the world. You could have all, all different kinds of stuff and still be unhappy. And you could have nothing and be the happiest person in the world. And I think that that's that's a concept that, that people have yet to understand. As far as I think it relates to hip hop, is I think that what happens with hip hop, like as a culture and just a genre, I feel like sometimes like us as consumers and people who partake in the culture, we devalue. I feel like we devalue hip hop and we're quick to discard people in hip hop where other genres embrace people and they continue to embrace people and I'm trying. I don't remember who it was, Rob. Maybe you could. Maybe you remember. We were interviewing somebody recently, and they were saying that they realized that they, um, you know, they were they may have never gotten like this huge hit record, but they they came to the realization that, you know, they didn't need a huge hit record. That the records that they made allowed them to have a career and do some do music, which they enjoyed doing music, and has allowed them to do it for their lifetime. And I think that if we could figure out as consumers and people within the hip-hop culture how to sort of embrace that and, and come to the realization, like, because you don't have a number one record does not make you, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you're not still a great artist or you're not a successful uh-huh. artist. Like, I, for, I don't know what happened, but there was a period in time where I think sales Really define who people thought they were and who the consumer thought they, who, who people were. Because I heard people before saying stuff like, "Oh, this dude sold five million records," and, but Rakim didn't sell. And I'm like, you, "You kidding me? You comparing this guy to 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 Rakim?" And I, I don't know. I don't know if it's about us as a Uh-oh. culture. I don't know if that's about hip hop consumers. I mean, Vanilla Ice sold a trillion records. Are we comparing? <laughs> but that's what people. You know, you, I'm sure you experienced that too. People be like, "Yo, you crazy?" You could be talking about artists. They'd be like, "You crazy? That person sold." 4 million copies. So popularity makes
1: this person a better artist. So so let's talk about that. That's been an amazing conversation for me. Um, you're talking to people that shouldn't be having a conversation with you, first of all. If I'm in the inside and you're talking to me from the outside and I'm like, it's beautiful and warm in this house. And you're standing outside the window telling me that it's cold in the house. That's because you're outside, right? So let's talk about this. Um, labels push people information is pushed to you just like it's on your phone right fishing they call it whatever they're doing to find out through analytics what you like to see algorithms and so on it's the same with labels you buying your place on the chart you're being promoted in brown bags to all these different radio promoters and all these different radio stations and all these events that you're being paid and pushed into, P- into the line of sight for people. And a lot of people, A, didn't have that marketing. I know a lot of people who they had to hit record but their record wasn't in certain regions in certain stores. They never manufactured enough. They never distributed enough. You never had a chance for the people to purchase if they were gonna purchase at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's apples and oranges. So if you're talking to me about me or someone else versus a pawn who had all the money behind them, the whole building behind him, as Clive Davis said when he was promoting um, Alicia Keys, put the whole building behind this person. Means every department, shut down whatever you're doing and turn all your powers and relationship and your network to this artist for their successful elevation. So when you're talking about that versus somebody on an independent label or on a label with not as many police great police. opportunities or a huge budget at the time pushing that artist. I don't think that's a true testament to to the artist, to their credit, they may not have. You would have to tell me that, I almost want to say it's the same label, but say two different labels have two different artists that people really love and they had the same tour support, they had the same marketing, they had the same in stores, they had the same radio promoters behind them. Um, Your record label executive was sleeping with the same radio promoters and directors at MTV and VH1 and I would say, okay, they had the same choice and chances and this person was better because people chose them. But until you can tell me that let's say Clive Davis versus La Reid, um, those two networks battling because that's really what's happening, right? Two networks, two buildings, two budgets, two labels, two teams battling for these spots. I I, I can't that's not a comparative thing to me. I don't feel that that's fair to the artists, to the labels, to the the story if you sit there and you compare and try to devalue someone's musical journey not knowing the inner workings, I would need a physical, tangible account of where every dollar was spent, every opportunity they had, they didn't pass up, every uh, magazine interview that they were late for that will no longer interview them again, so they chose the other person over them. There's so many stories in this one story. Mm-hmm. So when you're dealing with someone who's on the outside and works at McDonald's and all they do is come on and listen to their favorite rapper, they don't have time to get into the minutia of a career and building a career. So I don't really, I don't really talk to these people, yo. It's just like being a real estate agent. You don't know, uh, people kill people to get building contracts. I don't know how you got that contract. And that's something else that my mother always said. Stop looking at people and thinking they got it. When their cars a lease, their house is big, they three mortgage payments behind, and you just see it in front of you, but you don't know the story. And three months later, they're asking you, can they sleep on your couch? Mm-hmm. So I got that early. I never, I never looked at somebody else's story and was like, look at your body versus mine. Look at your hair versus mine. Why is your girl like this? Like, I never did none of that. I, I said, yo, the basketball player is this slim. I gotta work on my body. I, everything's been motivation to me. I've never had a jealous moment. I've never had a why me God moment. I don't have those moments. I know that I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And my steps are led by God, and whatever I'm gonna do to meet God's plan is gonna get me where I need to do. I just need to make the right choices. But I never—all that other stuff, man—that's for people who want to be angry and have frown lines. Me, as you see, I'm 50 years old, and at 60 I'm gonna look like this forever. That's what we do. God bless you. But say that again. You what? (laughs) My birthday is. Should I be telling y'all scammers? I'm 50.
2: When we get off, I'm gonna hit your Instagram, send me send me $3, send me $300, and then I'll send you back. You gonna flip it for me? You gonna flip it?
1: Or you know the girl that like you doing and she got you 10,000 back? Oh <laughs> you? And or, I 4X. Or, or you can hit me with your 4X hookup because you've been invested lately. Uh, look,
2: after the first album, I remember hearing Think Big. Oh my like, yo, holy shit. Pudgy's about to be out of here.
1: I keep I keep hearing that everybody said that at that point. I was like, yo,
2: know, what? The, yo, Pudgy is about to be out of here. Like this joint is crazy. The like, that beat comes in. Playing, yo, playing every still to this day, you put that record on and be like, God damn, like, yo, but then I'm waiting. I'm like, all right. So when's that? When, when we get in the next album, no next album. I'm like, I haven't heard anything from Pudgy. I was hearing you on the food tapes and everything, so I'm waiting. I'm like, I, I think the other song that I heard too, that I was like, yeah, Pudgy, he really got. I think Hustler's Anthem too, with the Shalomar sample. Ooh.
1: Shout out to Terry and Monica. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, yeah, all right, okay, all right. People don't know Terry, Terry, she wrote my uh, Candy Rain for Soul For Real and all that. That's her singing on that joint. And she wrote something else that was, oh, totally, can't you see? So yeah. Man. um Crazy, crazy, but I'm like, all right, so when we get, what, what happened with the next album? The second album. So, that album, Oh, I was selling to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And listen, after coming from Giant, I ain't gonna lie, that was probably the best label experience. They gave me 100% of my publishing. They flew C.C. Penis Oh, wow! Remember, Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis were artists. They came from behind Prince, the ripoff situation. So, they was definitely gonna treat artists with respect. Mm. They was coming from a different place. So, they gave me that. They 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 gave me the bread. I never had a problem with the bread. Was nice, and um, bread. It was bread on top of bread. It was a definite. <laughs> it was a definitely different situation. Uh, they flew me, myself, Cece Peniston, the Outsiders, Young Z and Rufus, by everybody out to Minneapolis with them. We rode on paddle water paddle boats, and they they did the the retreat that would make artists feel like they're part of something. Right. And um, after the first single on the regular, shout out to Nick Wiz who produced that i wanted to leave again I, it was like a warner brothers all over again because remember perspective a and m which was jimmy and terry's label was a um B based label they had main condition who was on tour with us and, and and solo who i was on a remix to heaven on earth that platinum joint five shout out to them and um i just i was looking for a super uh, super Def Jam Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be on Def Jam but I wanted to have that strong other MCs alongside of me right and super friends everybody on the label Arrogant, Young Z, Rupert Black they were dope but they weren't like a spitter like me they were more character rap you know what I'm saying they were all fire you know i don't want you nobody know, think i'm going darts but i was looking for the aggressive i needed dmx's on my label um i didn't need biggies i needed Koji raps i needed somebody that made me feel like smacking somebody every time i wrote a rhyme and that wasn't there so i asked them they was like oh please stay and then i got frustrated again you know and we will be talking about presence of mind, right uh, the Source Awards came up, the one where Suge disrespected Bad Boy and all that, and this it was coming up and I was like, yo, wow, this is a label. Why the promotion team ain't tell me I should be there? Why I ain't got tickets? Like, why nobody said this is a placement for the art? So Jimmy and Terry called them up flipping and I got like six tickets, like, and we went. And I was there for the sh- that whole shenanigan. But, to me, when you're working with an artist and you're trying to be a proponent in the artist becoming hyper visible to people, you placement and timing is everything and certain elements of hip-hop I believe they should be a part of, which would be source events. I was in source magazine all the time. why wouldn't I be at that you know yeah. so that was just, that was just my business mind. So I didn't like it. So they asked me, um, I asked for a release. They said, please, they actually said, please stay. We believe in you. We want to do a second single." So then I did Money Don't Make Your World Stop. Produced my, by, by my bro, Fran Lover, and Crystal Johnson was on it, who sang. Got me waiting, anticipating, for Heavy D. And so that was another cool G rap moment. Like, you know, hearing her kill it on head. Shout out to Heavy D, man, I was my bro. Yeah. Um, Aaron it on have it was a dream to have me on on. That. I was like, I need Crystal Johnson, and right after that, right before that, she had just did Temperatures Rising with Mom Deep. Yeah. So I was like, so I need her on my record. So I got that. So that that made me stay. And then I did that, and I did the tour with them, and I did the BET College Tour, and and a lot of the tours that they put us on. I was killing it and shutting Usher down. The chicks was running up, asking me to sign their titties. I was like, but Usher's right there singing nice and slow. You don't want to jack, y'all. They was like, I was like, fire! It's lit. I made it, I'm out. I need nothing else. I (laughs) won, right? So it was, listen, I got pictures and I'll be like, no, he was grinding the stage and dancing all over. And I was like, I am the beginning like Adam and Eve. I was like, fire! I love it. I made it. I'm out. Thank y'all. Right? So for me as an artist, that was the like I didn't need all the other stuff, man. I needed people like yourself to say, "Think big, oh my god, Pudgy did it. Like, that's always gonna be the thing for me. Um, I got new joints and the, the high of it is sending the joints out to people and they'd be like, oh my God, like the endorphins and the dopamine, I don't need to do no drugs, people are my drugs. Okay. Like when I get with people and I play them my music or I do a song for someone or I help them fix their song, the high that I get from that lasts me like forty eight hours because I poured something into the universe and into someone else or you know into someone through my music, I'd be like, Damn, God, we we pulling all these things out of the air. Where are these sounds and these words and these cadences and rhythms and, and and these tones and frequencies, where are they coming from? You know what I'm saying? That's a gift. So I'm in my moment. Like I realize that tomorrow may not be here. So right now I'm celebrating the creation. I'm celebrating the creativity. I'm celebrating the actual energy that comes from a thought, you know what I'm saying? You're thinking, I want to create this type of song and it happens and it manifests and you can play it for somebody. And when somebody says to me, yo, I want to work out to this. I won, I won, I'm done. I need no trophies. Tell everybody, thank you. As soon as you tell me, Yo, Pudge, I wanna work out to that song, it's over for me, I'm, I'm double platinum. Like, I don't care about nothing else, cause everything else, cause I had a lot of money. It goes away very quickly if, if you spend like I spent. So, for me, the most important thing that's long lasting is the energy that you give someone that I, I call it a, a, a stain or, or, or a, a timestamp because they never gonna forget how they felt in that moment, wherever they were. Mm-hmm. And, Music is that thing for me. And so when I, when I when I do interviews and the interviewers be rhyming to me, oh, my man, he's in Abu Dhabi. Shout out to Sheen, Sheen One. He does this um, dope podcast about, I don't know the name of it, so don't kill me, Shame, but it's about bettering the black youth and the, wow. the mind of the young black man. And he's in Abu Dhabi, and he called me from the barbershop last week. And dudes is in there spitting my rhymes and I, whole verses from mixtapes in Abu Dhabi, and I'm like, what? He like, yo, you lit out here, bro. All the barbers in the barbershop, and I'm hearing all the barbers rhyme my rhymes, and you can't imagine you talking to somebody, and when you see them in ten years, they say what you said back to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mind blowing bro. Yeah. You say you just it's like the Martin Luther say it's the Martin Luther King speech when he gave that speech. Imagine how charged he would be to know that everyone else knows I have a dream. Yeah. That's a so fact. And that came from your mind, bro. That was your thought. And it took on a persona and a life of its own. So that's how I feel about my music. And um I gotta show her. I got a song like I said coming out called Fingers in My Ear. I got a joint called Juice G- J-O-O-S-A-Y. It's talking about female shapes. Um, and I got pop R and B songs. I got an album coming out called Monsters and Heroes. So Choose Violence is the first single and it's produced by Nitty, who did check it out the Avenue. So I'm you know, to have a relationship that's thirty years old and that person did your first single and they doing a whole new genre with you 30 years later is a story of people. You know what I mean? Um, fellowshipping through music and being able to, you know how many people do their first album together and they never speak to each other again? Yeah, yeah. 30 years later to be able to work with that person. And I and I said, well, I wanna approach music differently now. And their mind and musicality is meeting me where I'm at. as something Explosive about that for me, man. That's called good chemistry. Huh? good chemistry. It's called good. It's, it's, it's a blessing, man. I mean, you got to be solid humans to to accomplish that feat. You got to be you got to be solid humans. So, choose violence is a dope R and B joint that I did. It's about a a female who beats up her man. Mm. Um, because people don't talk about that. Yes, and and, um, and then fingers in my ear is, is is the rap joint that I'm probably pushing, which is a disrespectful. Um, I, I'm like when you talking, my fingers in my ear because I don't hear you talking. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm guessing Jimmy
2: Jam and Terry Lewis with all their artistry, they just weren't ready probably for hip hop acts. That's what that's what it sounded like um, to me. But I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go back to Think Big because i What was the studio session like? But think big. And Minnesota
0: did that beat, right? That beat. That's Shout out to Minnesota. Last you hear, week too. Anytime you hear a beat and they come on and you can just you just want to listen to the beat. Before yeah. And then the music, then they then they come on. That's how that beat broad Because it's like, who the fuck is about to be on this? You hear big voice. And mm-hmm. then he comes on. I'm like, oh, and then it's Lord Tariq? I was in
1: Bronx heaven, I'm like, yo, Biggie's from the Bronx, man, fuck that shit, we talking. <laughs> 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 so, 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 Akinelli was in that session, so shout out to Akinelli. Um, we don't talk about that a lot. Uh, my mm-hmm. brother was there with me, supporting and repping and not having to be on the song. You know, people are like, oh, this is hot, why I ain't I on it? Yeah. We never had none of that, he supported and um that song, when you want me to talk about? Think big. I, there's so many things I could say in hindsight, I'll, so I'll talk about the moment first. The moment was organic. Biggie and I had did non-dog MCs with. It's on. That's on uh, YouTube with Grand Pooh by Positive K. Uh, uh, Puss was on that, uh, and a whole bunch of other people. Red Bandit, Positive K, Grand Pooh, blah blah blah. Okay, and Madman Sean maybe I think. Anyway. You can look it up, Nine Dog MCs, is by Red Bandit. So we were on that, but when we left the studio, we were all like, we liked it, but we didn't think it was gonna be a video. And Biggie and I said, when we do our joint, it's just not gonna be a song, you know what I'm saying? And it's gonna be a song, right? So we will be talking on the phone about it. And I knew all the producers, everybody was submitting stuff. And I never told anybody that we were going to do a song because he wasn't even Biggie at the time. By the time we did that song, it was like party and bullshit and Juicy was about to Mm. drop. We would be in a tunnel together every week. We'd be talking on the phone, dragging people, talking about how people is twisted or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Whatever Biggie was making jokes about that week. And... um, we will always say we're not just doing anything. We always plan to do the joint. And I was like, yo, I liked you on a bunch of niggas with Heavy D and all them, but I feel like like we spitters, it gotta be. (sighs) (sighs) So I'm talking to Minnesota one night, and I'm like, we in the studio, we was recording a bunch of joints. And I was like, yo, I need something For me and Biggie, man, and nobody's playing me anything that I could even remotely say. Yo, this might be for me and Biggie, and he was like, "Well, I got this joint, but Tariq will have to stay on the chorus because I was going to do it for our group."
2: Money, boss players, probably.
1: Absolutely, and I said, "All right, let me hear it." And then he put it on, and I was like. no, this beat is not it. This is terrible. Yeah. Terrible, baby. This <laughs> beat. beat is terrible. <laughs> Bro! This beat is terrible. I was like, yo, this sound like pots and pans banging together. <laughs> I don't like this. This is just terrible. I don't like, like, now I probably could rock with, I don't, I don't really like industrial sound of music. I want bass lines. <laughs> I want glottic. I want to hear. Those type of joints don't sound cohesive to me. Mm. They sound like you threw everything in it. You heard and it was like, yo, you're my new beat. It's like, clack, 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 clack. It didn't do nothing to me. So I was like, Lord, what else you got? He played me some stuff. I played that. I played that probably with two other joints with my man's. It's like, yo, he gave me this beat. Listen to this beat, yo. It's, it was a bunch of my, my 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 guys around and Think Big came on and they was like. Running around in circles and yo, you gotta do this beat. This beat is fire. If you don't do this beat, you won't fuck. The fuck. This beat is fire. I'm like this beat is terrible, and I'm gonna do this beat because all y'all saying. I'm telling you, this beat is terrible. So I played the beat for Biggie,
0: and he ran around in a
1: circle. <laughs> he was like, "Who did that beat?" and i was like oh my man minnesota and then he was like yo that's the one and i was like okay (laughs) right i never told him my story about how it was terrible (laughs) i just like okay biggie i think so too (laughs) right so he came to the studio and um he walked in when he was all there and there was just a session before that I was doing another joint with Missy and Nicole Ray. Missy was writing the chorus for Nicole Ray. And in that same session, she played Steelo by 702 before it came out. She played her demo. So it was a lot of energy. We was in Giant Studios, where Latiba does stuff too. The dope Studio, um, a lot of energy going on. You know, is everybody making fire in this. And so it, I think it was just a the moment we was on, that the energy wouldn't die for me so we was hyped. so biggie and C's came through a and many is up there by the control board biggie goes in the booth and, and no one knows where his dad is but he was saying this whole freestyle rhyme about me that was fire and i was like yo y'all better say that we gonna use that or something i didn't of course i didn't know anything was gonna happen to him because then oh yeah. man but then he starts doing his ramen, and he shouts me out. He's like, I see the diary of a sick bastard. I was like, that's me! Fire! Right? So, so huh? And that
0: and that and that word, that's another word, sick bastard. When we heard Biggie say that, yo, me and my friends, we formed a rap group called the Sick Bastards. <laughs> Just because that was that me. I'm
1: trying to steal my whole fire. It was <laughs> my
0: way. Biggie said it. Sick
1: Bastards. Nah, so oh, like, well, well, shout out to the Sick Bastards, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so he was like, I see the diary of a Sick Bastard, Junior Mafia Blast, so the whole time, the way the, the control room is set up is the glass is there and there's a couch right in front, so I'm sitting in front in the couch with a pad right in my rhymes, nobody, we had a rhymes. Biggie was freestyling his verse, and. I hated the beat so much I couldn't write to it at home. So everything you hear, which is why you hear me screaming on the beat, is cause I had to just overthink what I thought about the beat. Like, that's why you hear that aggression on that song. Going back, I probably wouldn't have been as aggressive. But I hated the beat so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 Yeah, it's what God did, and you know, listen. Where that what's the motherfucking there, nigga? They it not you like oh, R. Kelly yeah. Aaron Hall. Oh, yeah, out. yeah. Oh, yeah, that w- yeah. I'm making people forget you like R. Kelly did the Aaron
2: Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 right yeah, now, yeah. R. Kelly wouldn't mind being Aaron Hall. <laughs> <laughs> <Right now. laughs> so, bro. <laughs> bro. So um Yo, whole Pudgy, Pudgy yo, Let me, let me stop. Let me tell you this real quick. I think <laughs> when that came out, mixtapes were, were still on tapes. So I don't think they had them on CDs then. Uh-huh. So I remember me and like a couple of my friends listening. Yo, we must have listened to that joint like back, like back to back. Like yo, what, wait a minute, run that back. Like it was. Remember you, you, you literally pressed the, the rewind button. You can hit. It. Yo, hold on, run that back. Like that, yo, the beat, everything
1: about that song, I was like, yo, Pudgy about to be out of here. Yeah, I mean, and then remember Biggie died very shortly right, after that. Yeah, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tariq
0: verse fire
1: too, though. Tariq verse fire too, yeah. yeah. Tariq, I always, yeah, I, I always thought Tariq was fire. I always yeah, thought he was fire. fire. Yes, right, yeah, he yeah. talked that street talk that I really liked. Mm-hmm. He talked the hustler talk really good, and I, I, I that's what I I liked about his presence on the record, and I always tell people, when he went to lay his verse, I had a whole well, a couple of us had a whole laughing moment, because Tariq went in there and he lays his background first. So you We're don't hear that, but Survivor, <laughs> Lava, I'm like, that's his verse. <laughs> yo, this is her. we was all in the room, like, yo, yeah, sing, Fred. I'm like, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna end it at two verses, <laughs> right? Like,
2: yo, all right,
1: yeah. perfect. Come out, come out. Then now I waited, cause you know I'm a, I am i got to wait until I verify that the moment is the moment. Right. So I was quiet. And then he was like, let me, um, I right, run it back. And then he laid the first. So I was like, oh, he's fire. He lays <laughs> his background first. He know his rhyme already. That's sick. Like, But up until that point, yeah. whoo,
2: cutting rocks. Yeah, 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 he has some slick <laughs> lines on there. Hust- hustling papers, dead kid. I want Arab and Jew paper.
1: Yeah, Um, nah. And now I'm the Sheik, the Lord Tariq. No,
0: nah. nah. I really select the the Yo,
1: nah. Listen, the way listen. That's why I say he talked that talk. That's you can't take that talk. You can't Mm -hmm. just do that. So he was fired to me. But again, watching the process, and again, that's what we talk about, fellowshipping in the studio, right? Understanding how other people's process is. So I really came to appreciate that, but. Again, you know, and we was young then, so everything was funny. You know, like did you ever press that up? You should have pressed that up immediately and had that in everything. Nah, I was pressed up, no, nah, it was the label did that immediately. White labels went out That's how it got so popular. White label respect Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis, they was no dummies. They you know they had enough people around them to say, This is it. And um it got pressed up. We did a remix with Sadat, but if you ask me, what Max yeah. was to get the person to do the beat the beat was so garbage that it didn't stand to see the light of the day, you know. And I had no dime in that dollar. I didn't have the power to say, blah 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 blah. You know. The next thing I knew, they were just like, the remix is out. I'm like, remix? I never heard and that. It has not on it. But the beat. Good know? garbage. So whoever did that beat, you did a garbage beat. I don't know if I ever got to talk to you. And what did the, a the, gar- label, the label forced that on you? I don't think it was Jimmy and Terry, I think it was Max Goose that he uh, did it with somebody uh, later. But and maybe, you know, I know how Max works, so they was it was probably a producer sign to him, but they was they did a trash beat. The beat was trash, like it was for a video game and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And listen, uh, this it's on my work, so I'm gonna talk about how I talk about it. Whoever <laughs> that is, maybe you grew up to blow up, but at that time you were garbage and you should have stayed in the crib only working on video games so, but anyway yo i'd have probably been like yo hold
2: on hold on hold on we can't we can't we can't put this out yo but minnesota did a couple of other nice joints minnesota i think he did the original um uh, big, pun. Uh, big pun not a player right yeah yep. minnesota got some heat
1: now minnesota he, he got some heat right now he just many he be holding out boy he called me like your pod, you know you could get whatever you want i'm like bro just send me something. Listen, I hate people in twenty twenty two that want to link up and play beats. I, this I could be right here in my boxes. You can send me your whole catalog. I will record it myself. I don't. No one else records me. at it, this juncture in my life. Not the Rakim thing. Nothing. Everything is recorded by me, and I will send you the vocals, and we can feng shui the fake video for. Instagram and social media by me showing up to the studio in the mix session. But I don't want to create in front of you. I don't want you talking to me about how you think this should be said, because I don't care. Um, I'm going to send you something. You can say, I like that one. And I say, M- amazing, send the check. And that's just where I'm at. I don't want to talk to nobody. I want to be your best friend. I don't want to go to the party. I want to do music because I realized before, I let other stuff affect how I felt about music. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the key thing right now is to keep music at the forefront for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't care about parties at your house. Like I decline everything. Mm -hmm. Everybody's asking me to go, yo, you wanna, I don't care about that. Like I deadass be telling people, I don't wanna sit at the table with you and eat. I'm going to the gym to not eat. So you wanna go spend your bread to eat? I have mad frozen stuff here and all kinds of air fries and I don't need you. Right? I'm gonna send you the song. Let me know when to show up for the video and there's a theme and Merry Christmas. Right? Yeah.
2: Yo, so yeah. how'd, how'd you find yourself in the um the Ghostwriters lane? Well,
1: that was, that was the beginning. Like I said, oh, I didn't say that. So I wrote for the Ghetto Girls in the beginning, a group that made a parody of my mom's playing tricks on me by the Ghetto Boys. Ghetto Boys, they did my man's playing tricks on me, which somebody else wrote because I don't write parodies. Um, I like to, you know, write my own ingenious work that came from here and not a parody. That's for um, Weird Al Yankovic. So <laughs> I'm them on their album and. Um, I didn't love ghostwriting them because I don't think I was getting the credit I wanted, and I'm on an MC. So, mm-hmm. what I'm doing, right? And so then, um, like I said earlier, Essence got me signed to Grandmaster Flash. He got me to write uh, on the Roxanne Shantae's album, The Bitches Back. I wrote two songs, one of which let, landed on the album called Got to Be Free. And I didn't like, I'm gonna keep it filthy. I didn't like how the deal was done. Something felt like I didn't get the money I should have got. Um nothing to do with Shantae. It was a you know, again, I started loving her at the beginning, so that was another full circle moment. But I felt like the exchange of monies or payment or whatever didn't happen where I was Properly compensated. so I was like Grandmaster slash I, I love the Furious Five and what you've done. Please release me from this contract. And then I went on to find myself doing other things. Much respect to him. He recorded me, great guy. Um but you know, you do business with who you can do business with and feel comfortable. And I like explanations, even as a kid. You know, I want well, no, my why. parents to say I'm to ask why. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Make a left. Why? Yeah. Why I gotta make a left? Why can't I go right? It's it's part of you forming my decision making process, which is what I realized. Because yeah. I'm not gonna have you always to tell me how. And this is why I say about other kids, they're not gonna have us to guide them everywhere. So let's be a part of forming their judgment system by telling them why we think. This is the best way, unless it's an emergency situation where there's a shooter, and we're like, now, you know, then that's something else. But talk to your kids, talk to your friends, tell them why you made this decision, and let's 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 converse and grow each other in that way. But nevertheless, um, that didn't work out, and I moved on to do my own thing.
0: Yeah, I love this signal. Why? Tell me why. You're not Googleable. I think. Oh, I have to look that word up
1: google, google. <laughs> tell me why is a real thing I, I only fell back on tell me why because i'm waiting to make sure that they're ready because the tell me why is be, I think a lot of people ain't ready for real conversation that, that's that's more of a reason to put it out there <laughs> you know what what's up you know what i'm definitely <laughs> I don't want to be the person that's known for saying off-color comments, but I have no problem having clear conversation. And I hope people, you know, I can take it as good as I get it. So just make sure when you counter that you're ready for the counter to the counter, because his brain works. Yeah,
2: you, you know something. That the the best thing about that though is like people people fear being provocative, but sometimes provocative really brings out like a true, honest, good conversation.
1: People just put it out there. Yeah, Yeah, well, you know what? I think when we in this type of setting, people grow from it, but a lot of people can't take, they didn't have it at home. They don't get it at home. They, they, They run from the truth, so I have, I've had a lot of people like, oh, you're talking down to me. I'm like, oh, then that must mean I'm above you. And so <laughs> talk to me when we are at the level, because this, I'm, I don't feel my head like this, but if I'm talking down, then you need to come up here or grow taller, and then I'll talk to you. Until then, we're not talking no more, because I'm going to say exactly what it is. I've, I've had conversations with people that really made me feel like I was having an interdimensional conversation. like there's some kind of computer between us that translates sense into bullshit every time we talk. And we should stop talking now. I I tell people, I'm a linear thinker. And you took one plus one and made 16. You know, you got the girls who you talking about somebody else being fat. Well, I'm fat. Bitch, is every open space a place for you to insert your voice and your fat body? I'm not talking about your fat body. If you want to talk about your fat body, we talk, we talk about her fat body, not yours. So that's the type of talk I be talking, and people don't like that. But it's offensive to me that I can't talk about someone else without you narcissistically inserting you and your moment into a moment for someone else being fat. You fat, too. We get it. We see you every day. You fat. We understand. And we let your fat rot. But we talk about them, they probably better. Look at her face. She got a better chance than you. She could be fat. <laughs> not and dumb skinny and be rocking you your face twisted just stay fat niggas will love you you drink out of mayonnaise jars be the fat girl that play skate in the house all day and they smoke it the crib. you always got weed anyone can come to your house and stay there and that's dope but we talking about her She's domed out and she just losing weight she gonna be on the money you we get it alright I'm sorry she's you know, know you know what I'm from
2: from from talking to you you know and already you know doing research and having listened to you. But now talking to you and learning more about you, I wonder, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, if you were coming out today in this digital era, era where label is not needed and it was direct to consumer and you had like your peers around to do music and stuff like that, I, I imagine that maybe that 10, you may, you may not have had that 10-year hiatus. like Because to me, it seemed like a lot of the politics and bullshit of the music industry and the trappings of the music industry is what kind of like soured you on and, and also I, I hear you like about like the label stuff I think like almost like a like a like the free agent approach and the ability to create how you want to create I'm listening to you talk about this stuff and I'm like yo I, I you're doing you're doing this, yeah. how, this day
1: and age would have probably been better suited for you I, I, I keep I keep hearing that, and I always heard I was ahead of my time. I mm-hmm. always, always heard I'm progressive, but you know what I feel like? The Harriet Tubman thing, you know what I'm saying? You got to just be you in the time that you're being you because you meet in God's plan. I don't, I don't look to... It's funny, I don't know, because you got to put my back against the wall, because I'm not going to get on a show in the morning be like, hello, fat bitches and people that talk dumb all fucking day. You need to get educated. I'm not offensive off-rip. I need to feel I need to be shitty to you. Like, (laughs) you need to say something, and then I'm gonna springboard off of that, like, pew! You know, but nine times out of ten, I'm gonna be the quiet one in the room because I'm thinking all of those things, but my family shaped me to not have to hurt people's feelings so I think them and I say them to friends but if you ask me you're gonna be mad and I tell you listen you asked me I didn't ask like how do I look in this or you look fat in that or you look busted or that dress is cheap oh um well, you didn't have to say it like that I'm like you asked right? like I hate you don't have to say it like that that shit don't even make sense to me um, like that means I said you busted corny weave wearing track showing bitch that smell like cheap everything that a smell be permeating through your jeans every time and I have to spray stuff in the air. Yeah,
2: yeah, man. I just I'm like listening to you. I'm like, damn, like, you know, removing the labels out of the equation, you having the ability to even like you at your own creative space and everything. And just like the 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 extra shit that come with doing the music, I think sometimes is what get people disenchanted from doing it. Like just having the freedom to create is to me is like like I see we talk to a lot a lot of artists, and you know I always ask them I'm like you know did the did you know your experience in the music business turn you off from making music? And people like nah, I still love making music, but you know I know that story and I've. Witness their journey, and I see how people be like, you know what? They just become so disenchanted, and it's never about the actual music. It's always about the business element that comes with the music that just turns people off, and they just like, like I've heard many people be like, yo, the record recording industry is hell. You know, record labels are the devil, and and I don't think that people are saying this for no reason. I think this is just it's
1: high school. Their experience. It's high school, bro. It's high school. At some point. You got to realize that it's the same people that have no um, friends in the lunchroom. They became police officers because they were bullied in their hood. And now they're all of a sudden rappers. (laughs) uh, You know, it's it's, it's the same thing. It's nothing but high school. It's a bunch of broken people or solid people good-looking people or busted people awkward people or great social butterflies all being forced to work together because they all believe that they have a musical ability or they want to be a photographer or they want to be a videographer or they want to be a designer and a stylist you know how many people all of a sudden are in this business that i used to see working in the supermarket i'm like now you want to do this like i hate those people i'm like your face is from Target, bitch. You are supposed to be a, a fucking register 12. You're not supposed to be here fake styling people because you play dress up in your house. Oh, I am a makeup artist. I'm doing tutorials. I'm like, bitch, your shit look like a fucking cake or your old you kissed me. I had your face print here for nine weeks. People thought it was a special shirt. Like, I'm just saying. At some point, you need to realize that there's so much other shit out here besides music, styling, makeup, fashion. Right. Right. Like, listen, we all have to wear clothes. All, most women put on makeup. Most dudes put on fly gear, but you don't have to decide you wanna dress everybody, um, make beats for them, uh, interview them, uh, go to the party and throw parties for them. You don't gotta do none of that. You could be who we come see when we have a health issue. Oh, you a doctor, fire! What, you an attorney? Fine, I don't see none of the people. Oh my God, you're a political activist? What the fuck? I don't know none of the people, I never knew them. They, everybody rap, bro. Everybody has morphed into an artist. People I didn't even know, they didn't even barely listen to music. Now they're like, yeah, I, you wanna hear my first single? I'm like, yo, what? Bro, let me get this coffee with extra caramel and I'm good so i'm just saying bro, like this, this business it's not that i don't like the business i hate the novelty of it. i hate the novelty i hate the 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 now you're important i hate the now you decide you want to do this when you have artists who i hate to say blood sweat and tears but who have dedicated every iota every fiber of their being lost relationships had sleepless nights given away great opportunities to dedicate themselves to creating something that inside of them is causing them turmoil unless they release it to the world and and that's a real thing turmoil and mental health and artistry are best friends they're a friend group and um i, I don't think people really understand that so at some point yeah, I back up from people that aren't, aren't authentic because you, it's a parody. You know, it, it's it's not real. It's like, you're not even doing this for this. I, you know how many people I hear? Oh, my cousin works at Def Jam, so he told me if I just write some songs, I could get... I'm sick. It's, Bro. Yeah, it's I'm mad yeah, everybody, yeah, oh, my baby mother, she got a job at Def Jam now. She got a job at Universal. She told me she knows so and so directly. Just get her my demo. But, bro, you never rap. Right, Pudge. So I was asking you if you could write me three songs. Instead of coming to me and saying, Pudge, are you working with any artists that are ballot? Do you have any new songs you want to push through? That's it. You can still make your money through this business. You don't have to become the fake face of artistry when you've never been an artist, mm-hmm. and you about to make da-ha, ha da da-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> ha, ha, You're about to make that so you can get a check. Like, at least they talk about Little Nas X and the novelty of him, but his music is valid. When I listen to him, it's not clown music. I feel like he really writing it. At least there's some artistry along with the novelty. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so those who like art, if they find themselves getting past his novelty and they decide to placate his music or patronize his music mm. in that way. Then that's dope because you're looking past all of the smoke and mirrors and the illusion mm-hmm. of the system and saying he's still a, a talented brother and that's the part of him that I'm looking at. I'm not looking at him in a diaper like the baby, I'm looking at the rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're doing everything to get our attention. And whether you know it or not, you're part of a manipulated system. You're a mannequin and someone's turning your head and, and putting a hat on it when they feel like it mm-hmm. and putting you in a tracksuit when they feel like it or leaving you there naked. You're a mannequin if you be a manipulated man. I'm just saying. Okay.
0: Man,
2: last, so last last question, last question for me. What are your thoughts on streaming? How do you feel about streaming?
1: I, my first answer should be i love it right um if you're asking me about the different facets of streaming i can answer that in parts first part being i'd like that i can get my favorite my favorite artist album on apple music on my phone in the gym right uh play it anywhere on demand i bought the whole album i, I sign up I don't have to go into a physical store and you drop at 12, I'm listening to your album at 12. I'm sated in that way, my appetite is cured because I really wanted to hear your new album and it's immediate instant gratification. If we're talking about percentages, artist share wise and streaming, I did say to you that nothing in this industry is new. So unfair shares of allocated funds and and weird levels of payment per the creator versus the people who are the the machine um they're crappy uh once again artists have been duped into thinking that it's it's a good opportunity for them and it's not it's it's cool but now you've still got to go back into manipulating you've got to look for spotify playlist curators per spotify promoters You gotta look for people who've got key. Everything has some type of trick that comes along with it. So I like streaming, again, for the purest form of access, instant gratification. All the other nuances of it and where a lot of places they don't wanna pay a share like streaming in Starbucks, streaming in Target, and now we've gotta fight for ownership. A lot of it is debilitating. It goes back to where people don't feel like they want to be a part of the system. They want instant, instant gratification. They want to be a grassroots performer, sell merch at their shows, tour in that way. Now, the problem with that for some people is they're not tour artists. They don't want to perform. They're shitty performers, they're anti-social, their song probably isn't going to, the song may be okay, but once someone sees you performing, they're gonna be like, boo. So that's a whole nother faction an area of your career where you need to be strong if you're going to be a touring artist Right. so you know streaming may be a cure for somebody who wants to sit in their house and just get noticed and they never want to come outside the house right but the inequality in the in the distribution of funds is always going to be a problem to me yeah
0: yeah
2: man on that note but you're the fat bastard. Yo, we appreciate you again, man,
1: for agreeing to do this, this dope interview. Uh, Now, I appreciate you. I got some things I need to say, and I always mess them up. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna say them today, and I'm gonna get them right. I am in this new book, Changes, by Sheldon Pierce. Nice. Detailing the life of the iconic Tupac Shakur. I am on about 15 pages, where I speak candidly about our interactions, our experiences, and what it was like knowing the great and iconic performer, Tupac Shakur. Oh, I murdered that. Mm-hmm. Second here is the bag. his name is Sheldon Pierce. You may get this, it's available everywhere. I just did a walkthrough through it's in Barnes and Nobles and whatever else. I'm also with another book this year. This has been a great year for me to be in books, right? <laughs> I Am Relentless. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a commercial. I Am Relentless by Stax Cordero. She has a play coming out now. Please follow Stax Cordero, she's on Instagram. Amazing artist, rapper, playwright, dope chick overall. Uh, my new website, www.pudgythefatbastard is up and running. I'm doing a soft release. We have new Pudgy merch. Okay. Nice. I'm doing This is, a, as you know, this is a, a change to the old logo, and here's the old logo revisited. Nice. I be, yeah. Let's <laughs> go. So, have a whole bunch of other stuff up there, um, and I'm partnering with a line called Rebellious Zombie, and they have light up LED bags, which I don't have on hand because I'm unprepared. Um, and yeah you're gonna have a chance to win one of those rebe- <laughs> rebellious zombie bags on my site light up led bag rebellious zombie light up led bag this is the sling bag they have a book bag as well this you can display your logo you can tell your bitch go fuck yourself no dick tonight you can tell your man here's the bag no pussy tonight on this bag all right so um Yeah, uh, what else? I'm working with Pyrex Flat. I already said Sweet Tea. I'm working with a superstar artist by the name of Essence from Queens. Her at is Essence Official on Instagram. She's a baddie. She sings and raps, and she's fire. And I wouldn't be pushing it if it wasn't something dope to be attached to me. And she's being produced by myself and Nitty from the Trackmasters, who is now in a production team called The Wonder Twins with his brother, uh, Louis, so Rambo, whatever they people be like, and they put names, pushed. So So, um, yeah, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing a lot, and again, I'm dropping "Choose Balance," and I'm dropping "Juicy" and "Fingers in My Ear." That'll be coming in the next month. So, if you go to wwwpudge you will be able to keep in touch with me and receive updates on my career and my musical journey. It's been a wonderful interview here with my brothers. I think we're doing a really, 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 really good job communicating the the understanding of the music business and what it feels like to be an artist on a journey in here and i hope i drop some gems you may not be able to take them to the pawn shop but you may be able to get the bag with some of the gems that i drop i am pudgy the fat bastard i am fire um i'm unfuckwittable please believe it shout out to everybody we mentioned in this video and yeah